0: Welcome to It's a Good Life Podcast, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and I am glad you're joining me today for a topic that is, on one hand, a little hard to hear about. But on the other hand, uh, if you get through this and past this, on the other side of this topic... You will be a happy, happy, happy person. So today we're talking about how to beat burnout, and this is a big, juicy topic. I'm going to do two episodes on this. I have a lot of experience in this area, both as the principal and then also as the consultant. I've been on both sides of this. I've been fried and tried and burned out myself on more than one occasion, and then I also have a, as a coaching business... Whether I'm dealing with executives or whether our staff is dealing with practitioners, we encounter this all the time. And especially following COVID, especially after hectic markets with too much cash, chase and too few goods, that led to even more hectic times, seasons of heightened anxiety and frustration and political division and wars and pestilence. and. You know, Moses is going to come walking down the street someday and there's going to be frogs. That's all we're missing is the frogs. So it's been a trying time for a lot of people, a trying business environment. And with that comes a lot of reactions to that, which is typically the adrenaline fires up, the adrenaline takes over, which initially makes you feel great. Uh, You have energy for days, you have enthusiasm, you have everything because adrenaline is that fight or flight response. The problem is adrenaline wears off, and then what is there to pick it up? What's there to take its place? If you use the analogy of a gas-powered automobile, you know, you use the spark plugs and the battery. That's to get the car going. It's to jolt the car to life, and then the combustion engine takes over. And the jolt for us as human beings is adrenaline. It's the electrical charge. Boom, it gets you started. But you can't drive on it. Now, Obviously, today we have electric cars and Tesla and all the good stuff, but the analogy still holds true. What's the engine that supports the ongoing energy and effort needed for work and life and all the things that all of us have too much on our plate? And so what happens is we end up with burnout. And we'll talk about this. And sometimes, by the way, sometimes you really know you're burned out. I've also had experience where I didn't know I was burned out, but other people were starting to see the symptoms of it in me. And sometimes I listened and sometimes I didn't. And sometimes I had to get really burnt out to come to the place where I'm like, man, I'm burned out. And so I hope that this will serve as a, you know, the warning light on the dashboard of the car rather than you're on the side of the road smoking and everything's burned down. So let me give you a definition of burnout so we know what we're talking about. There's several definitions here exhaustion of physical or emotional strength, exhaustion of motivation, usually as a result of prolonged stress or frustration. So this sense of exhaustion, this sense of being tired, you take a nap and it doesn't really do any any good. I talked to a close friend of mine over the holidays and he went to a place that always replenishes him, always restores him, and he went there for a few days and he said, it didn't do it for me. He was too tired to get the recovery he needed. He needed more time. And I think that's very common right now. So we have physical, emotional strength, motivation, usually as a result of prolonged stress or frustration. And oh, by the way, what this often does in my mind is starts what's called a crazy cycle. You're feeling burned out. You're feeling tired. You're feeling tired physically. So oftentimes you're feeling tired physically rather than respond to physical tiredness with, you know what I need to do is go work out or you know what I need to do is uh, restrict the caloric intake or some of the sweets or the sugars or the carbs, those things to make me feel better. What do we do? Many of us do. Oh, I'm exhausted physically. I don't work out. You know, vegging on the couch. I'm trying to take naps. I'm sleeping in and I'm eating comfort food. So what are we doing? Depleting the engine even further. Depleting the engine, no question about it. Then you have the emotional strength, right? Maybe you're dealing with, emotionally challenging situations with relationships, with yourself, with work relationships, with the stresses of life, and that's prolonged. And then you feel like it results in this, the kind of loss of motivation. And you think, oh, I just need more motivation, which some people think I need to get more adrenaline. And people will say, I'm an adrenaline junkie. It's interesting, right? Because someone will walk up to one, "Oh, yeah, I'm an adrenaline junkie. You know, can you imagine if someone just walked up to someone else and said, I'm a junkie, like I'm a heroin junkie, Like, oh my gosh, you need to get help. You need to get treatment. You need to have an all-out commitment to get clean. Well, I'm going to say the same thing of adrenaline. And when people say I'm an adrenaline junkie, it's the same deal. And it'll have long-term. It takes a little bit longer than heroin, obviously, but it'll have the same effects. So we get into those situations like that. The other definition is a psychological syndrome emerging as a prolonged response to chronic interpersonal stressors on the job. You know, we've had stay at home, work from home, come to work, make the change. We've had 47 million people in the United States alone, 47 million people, fully 40% of the entire workforce of the United States in the last two years has left their jobs and moved, 70% of whom are already having what's called buyer's remorse. 80% 80% millennials having buyer's remorse. I wish I hadn't done this. Now, for some people, it was a good change. Uh, some people made a change because they felt stressed, they felt burnt. And that's another dynamic is when you're really burned out, some kind of movement, some kind of motion can often fill it. Why? Get a little jolt of adrenaline. So it's like, hey, I'm I'm really tired. I'm really beat up. Let me drink some coffee. I'm not taking care of myself physically. Let me Let me take something else that gives me a jolt. And so again, it becomes this crazy cycle. It's significant. The World Health Organization, that certainly more of us became aware of during the pandemic, they have burnout as one of their leading, what they call lifestyle pandemics. And burnout is a very significant issue for these guys. And so their definition is feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Interestingly, they start with feelings. Feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job, and reduced professional efficacy. The WHO has been asked to study why are all these people, and this is not just the United States phenomenon, all over the world, people are leaving their careers, moving over, trying this, trying that, changing around, and it's this. a lot of times it's in response to energy depletion or exhaustion, so physically, then feelings of negativism or cynicism, that's emotional and mental, and then why is it showing up in work? Reduced professional efficacy, just not as effective, not getting stuff done. Indeed, you've seen the commercials. Oh, you need Indeed. They're a job placement firm. They have an online platform. They help people find work, and they help employers find employees. They've been doing studies on this, obviously, because they're a huge player in the industry today. And they say burnout is on the rise. 52% of employees are experiencing burnout. Last year, which is up from 43% pre-COVID. Okay, so we're looking at a 20% increase from 43% to 52%. 53% of millennials said they were burned out pre-pandemic and they remain the most affected population with 59% experience in it today. However, Gen Z is now neck and neck at 58% reporting burnout, up from 47% in 2020. So let me give an example myself. Now, four of my kids transferred college during the two years of COVID. Now, obviously, in our household, we had lots of conversations that they weren't just making emotional decisions. They weren't just in reaction to something. There is no question. And a lot of people, a lot of kids in school, a lot of kids in college, just weren't having the traditional experience. They were in dorms doing school online. And dorms are not meant to be lived in 24 hours a day. Okay? They're just not. They're never the most comfortable things in the world. And so we talked it all through. And I think in our case, uh, all four kids made good decisions from a longer term perspective. But we wrestled through it all and had lots of long conversations into the night to get to that place. So I'm not saying if you made a move, it's a bad decision. I endorsed my kids all transferring school. But definitely those feelings were very strong. And my kids would fill in the the Gen Z. Now, the baby boomers show a 7% increase in burnout. Now, more than 60% of baby boomers are currently retired, with another 20% retiring in the next three to four years. So, you know, it'd be fair to say they have maybe more of their ducks in a row financially, they have less pressure on them, usually they have some form of retirement set up. And so, but even with that group, they've gone from 24% saying they were burned out prior to the pandemic to 31%. And at 54%, again, half of Gen Xers are currently burned out. I'm just in the Gen Xers. Thankfully, I I made it into that group, which is a 14% jump from 40% who felt that way just a a year ago. So it's coming hot and heavy. Now, again, burnout's been around for a long, long time. A phenomenal book, which is Burnout, How to Beat the High Cost of Success. And that was written in 1974. The phrase burnout was first developed by Dr. Herbert Fraudenberger. He was the guy who developed the phrase burnout and he wrote on it in um, 1974 and he said it was the extinction of motivation or incentive especially where one's devotion to a cause or relationship fails to produce the desired results. He said it was just an overall lack of motivation. James Pennebaker who's a social psychologist said burnout is a bone-tired, soul-tired, heart-tired kind of exhaustion. Are you hearing me out there? Do you feel like you need to go take a nap right now as I'm talking to you? I know my voice might not be the soothing voice you want to go to sleep to. I'm going looking forward to, we have an interview coming up with the great Wim Hof. And I've been listening to him and taking his program and his breathing exercise. And he has this voice that makes you want to go to sleep. But uh, I'm the voice that makes you want to get up and go do something. So there are actually five stages to this burnout. I'm going to speak to this and I'm going to speak to it. Autobiographically. So, first of all, whether it's a job, relationship, an environment where you're under stress, you have this honeymoon experience where you're learning, you're growing, and the adrenaline is present. That's stage one. Then comes the onset of stress. Not all stress is bad, right? Stress is what makes your muscles grow, stress is what causes you to reach higher heights. Dissonance is a cognitive stress. It's what happens when you set goals and you aspire to things. It's a good thing. Then what happens is the onset of stress that isn't properly balanced. And again, in the next episode, I'm going to give you all the solutions on how to beat burnout. I'm going to talk about how people don't get burned out at all. But when you have the onset of stress and it becomes perpetual, which means the stress just stays there, like the burners are on the whole time. Sometimes the burners go up higher. Sometimes they just stay there. But eventually, it's going to happen. And we all know the famous story, the frog in the pot, right? You boil water and you throw a frog into the water. The frog gets such a shock from the scalding water, it jumps right out of the pot. But if you put the frog in warm water and you put the heat on simmer and the water grows just incrementally hotter, the frog doesn't really notice the difference, and in an hour or two, you have a cooked frog. Now, the animal rights people, it's not my analogy, so don't send me the emails. In fact, send them to David Lally. David loves all that stuff, so you can send that to our producer, David Lally. He loves the the animal rights stuff. I'm using the analogy that you get yourself cooked. In the greatest example of burnout is that. Have you ever heard the phrase, I'm fried, I'm cooked? That's because burnout doesn't stop. The onset of stress, it becomes chronic stress, and that chronic stress leads to burnout. That's stage four. Believe it or not, there's a stage beyond burnout, and I know about this, and it's called habitual burnout. And habitual burnout is you get so used to the demands and so used to the feelings of burnout. That you learn how to live with it, you find all kinds of artificial ways to kind of band-Aid around your energies in your life, and you end up habitually burned out. So let me talk to you about my situation. Maybe by being transparent with all of you today, it'll help you to figure out maybe for your stage one, two, three, four or five. So for me, I love what I do, and I've loved what I've done for a living. For 35 years. And in fact, I'll be honest with you, I loved what I did before that. People say they hated school. I loved my high school experience. At college college was okay for me, but I loved being in high school. I loved all the sports. I loved all the activities. I loved being busy. College was just something that I, I kind of muddled through. But I loved every minute from every part of my work and life. Even when I came to America and I had this rough start, I love getting into the workforce. I love being in a real estate business. I loved helping customers. I love building a feening company. I love being out on the road speaking. And even though I didn't love every part of it, I loved it. I didn't love being away from my family all the time on the road or all those kinds of things. But I loved it. I was inside my gift structure, became successful financially, became successful in regards to impacting and improving people's lives. Built this fantastic company, built the best brand in the coaching business in the world. So we did all these things. So how can you get burned out doing what you're gifted at? You know, I I had a friend of mine, because when I got to the spot of being not only chronically burned out, but I recognized I became habitually burned out, I said, how is it I'm using gifts I think God gave to me? How can I be burned out? And he goes, well, maybe you're not using them the way God intended them to be used. And that was the first of the red lights on my dashboard to start getting my attention. Again, people call me, oh yeah, Brian, he's the expert in real estate, or he's the business coach guy, or uh, he's the helps entrepreneurs have the balance in the spiritual, family, business, financial, personal circus. And I've done all that. The reason people tune in and come to the seminars have been very successful at those things. I have a 32-year marriage. That's uh, fantastic. Uh, my wife is the love of my life. And uh, when people see us together, they kind of giggle at seeing how we are as a relationship. I have six great kids that are all pursuing their life and doing great and they love each other and they're great with each other and they're best friends with each other. You know, I mean, I'm not doing this to brag. I'm, I'm doing this actually to say, here's the guy who won all five circles by other people's standards would say he was a success. And while being a success, I have burnt out myself on so many occasions that I will also tell you that I have been habitually burnt out. I can also tell you today, and I'm going to get into this in our next episode, That today, I am as free from burnout as I've ever been in my whole life. I have just as much on my plate. I have just as many employees. I have just as many customers. I have actually more demands on my schedule. I do events and seminars, 104 podcasts a year, writing books. I own several businesses. We have horses and property and family business and, you know, busy, busy. Like, everybody's busy. But I'll tell you, I'm, I'm less burned out today than I've ever been. So I feel like I've come through the storm myself. I've done a lot of work on the subject, read a lot of books on the subject. I'm going to be doing a podcast or two on a book by the late Dr. Archibald Hart. I would love to have interviewed this guy for our show. But he wrote a book, if you're interested, called Thrilled to Death. And that was super helpful for me in starting the process of turning around burnout. (laughs) So let's talk about it. Now, just get into, I'm going to cover in three points over two podcasts. One is the signs of burnout. I'm going to talk about why some people don't burn out and how to beat burnout. So you're going to have to stay tuned for the next episode, dun-dun-dun, who shot JR, to figure out why some people don't burn out and then ultimately how to beat burnout. It's not something that's ever conquered, but that it is something that can be controlled. Burnout is never defeated, especially those of us who have a predisposition as former recovering adrenaline junkies, a predisposition to get burned out. And I know that I'll have that the rest of my life. But now I have some methodologies in place and some structures in place to protect me from that. And I got so badly burned out the last time, I'm like, I ain't ever coming back to that. So let's just talk about the signs of burnout. Maybe you know you're burned out, maybe not. Maybe you know someone who this will apply to. So the very first sign of burnout is a loss of motivation. In Thrill to Death, Dr. Archibald Hart calls the extreme version of this called anhedonia. And again, I'm going to talk about that. That's where basically you lose so much motivation that things that used to thrill you and excite you no longer even kind of interest you. This is decreased satisfaction and sense of accomplishment. It often feels like a sense of exhaustion, physical and mental symptoms of that. Uh, Brendan Brouchard, who's a speaker, said you didn't lose your motivation You lost the focus on what matters the most. And that happens a lot. So have you or are you experiencing a loss of motivation? Things you used to get up for, you don't get up for anymore. A loss of motivation. Next, increasingly cynical and negative outlook. Increasingly cynical and negative outlook. Now, I'm a guy that people come to hear. I do seminars and speeches and presentations. If you tune into the podcast, I always hope to make people feel better when they interact with me. I hope people are encouraged, maybe challenged, but always I want people to feel better. Well, you know, you don't really notice this until you got some truth tellers around you and you go, hey, you know, you're being a little more negative. In this case, I will tell you the first major warning sign for me was my youngest son, Adam. We were playing golf together. And, you know, when you're burned out and fried You know, you think, I'm going to go to golf to relax. Golf is not relaxing for me. Golf is another form of combat. And especially when I was burned out. I'm out on the golf course, hacking the ball around, uh, you know, frustrated that I can't do it better. And my son Adam goes, hey, on the drive home, he goes, Dad, I don't know if you've known this, but you're just really down on yourself. I go, really? He goes, yeah. I just, you're a lot more critical of yourself than I've ever heard you. It just doesn't seem like you. And that that was like, you know, it's interesting, out of the mouth of babes. And he's no babe, he's a 22-year-old stud, but it got my attention. And so here's a guy that tries to be encouraging, be positive. And then I started to listen to some of the things coming out of my own mouth. And then I started to ask people I'm close to. I asked my bride, I asked other family members, I asked some folks I work with. I asked my brother Dermot who's a real truth teller in my life and I do business with. And I was like, yeah, you know, just lately you just seem a little out of sorts. Okay? And then again, people who love you, that's how they'll phrase it, and it's like, you can take it as, oh, that's not so bad, or you can take it as what it is. Like, these are the early warning signs. This is the, oh, this is the bad cholesterol number. Ooh, this is the high blood sugar number. Hey, this is the high blood pressure number. Or, hey, this is the heavy weight. Or whatever you get from your doctor. That's what those things are. Jeff Bridges, one of my favorite actors, said, most cynics are really crushed romantics. They've been hurt. They're sensitive. And their cynicism is a shell that's protecting this tiny, dear part in them that's still alive. And I so agree with that. Alan Klein said, Your attitude is like a box of crayons that color your world. Constantly color your picture gray. And your picture will always be bleak. Try adding some bright colors to the picture by including humor, and your picture begins to lighten up. And so when you find yourself trying to have a little humor, when you're burned out, even your humor can be cynical. or..." You know, you're taking shots. Or it's sarcastic. Sarcasm has a place, but the truth of the matter is when we start to hear it in our voice, when we start to see a reflection of other people, and the one of the things you'll notice is oh, you'll think that person's a laugh. Or why are they getting so offended? What's wrong with why have they got such thin skin? <laughs> well, it might be because you're dropping bombs. And then you get into the whole dynamic of reduced performance. So you loss of motivation, increasingly cynical, or negative outlook. And it's easy. Wars and bombs and threats. Oh my God, the world's coming to an end. Recession's coming. What's going on? Inflation. There's lots of things that can impact us. People are nervous and scared. We got increase in crime. There's all kinds of stuff, but it's interesting. It all creeps in and it can ultimately lead to a negative outlook. And the last part of the burnout is reduced performance. Writer Anne Lamott says, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes including you. Now, I'm going to talk about that in our next episode because I took a timeout. I took a 28-day timeout, which is the longest timeout I've ever taken in my life by myself. And I'm going to share with you what I did and how I did it and how that's ultimately led to phenomenal momentum to beat burnout and to stay beating burnout on an ongoing basis. Because you can do it. You get away, you get a vacation, you get time, plug out for 28 days. Of course, you're going to feel better. But it's like, what do you do during that time? And how do you prepare for when you plug back in? The Roman poet Ovid said, take rest. A field that has rested gives a beautiful crop. And then my great friend and mentor, Coach Lou Holt says, it's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way that you carry it. So signs of burnout, loss of motivation, increasingly cynical and negative outlook, reduced performance. If you're thinking, I know somebody who has this, you're probably right, but there's a pretty good chance you have it too. Right now, with the, the stats we're seeing from the World Health Organization, from the stats we're seeing from Indeed, with the stats we're seeing in the marketplace, a lot of people are a little bit tried and fried. And I want you to know this. It's okay. It is totally understandable. It is absolutely reasonable that if you're burned out, that that's the case, that you're out of sorts. And here's the deal. Okay. You empathy for yourself and compassion for others. You gotta have empathy for yourself. Okay, I've got myself burned out. And then compassion for others, compassion for maybe someone else who's burned out, or that your interactions have been less than great because the lesser version of you has been showing up. As we go through this, I really want you to do a little self-examination. I want you to talk to people close to you, truth tellers in your life. I want you to examine your motivation. Do you look at goals, working out, aspirations? Things that used to fire you up and not look at them the same way. I got to the point where I had a, a bucket list, and we're going to have the great Ben Nemton at our mastermind in August. And I hope uh, our mastermind is perpetually sold out. I think it's mostly sold out right now. But if you have anything you want to come August 8th and 9th to San Diego to meet the best people in the world, and we're going to have 3,000 people rocking out. We're going to have Apollo Ono, Captain Plum, we're going to have Bob Bodine, and we're going to have Ben Nemton, all who've been guests on this show. And Ben Nempton is going to help us reinvigorate with the bucket list, and he's got a really fresh approach to that. And I, at one stage, I was looking at my bucket list, and it was like licking sandpaper. Meh, meh, meh. Not that interested. But today, I have a new bucket list, and I'm actually excited at some of the things I'm going to knock down on my bucket list this summer coming. So I want to share with you: on the other side of burnout is joy. On the other side of burnout is refreshment. On the other side of burnout is hope—hope hope for the future and good health. Good family relationships, good business, good finances. The good life waits on the other side of burnout. Join me in the next episode as I dive into the second part of how to beat burnout. I know it's been a little heavier topic today, but it'll set up something really, really powerful. So let me leave you with uh, Therese Buffini. Now, honestly, I don't know if she's ever been burned out, but she sure has been a great source of uh, motivation for me, a great source of a positive outlook for me, and a great source of high performance and encouragement for me my whole life. So I'm going to hand it over to my 91-year-old ma'am who's got a little blessing for us all. I'll see you real soon on the other side of How to Beat Burnout, part two. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.